Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm-mm-mm-mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, where, where do I have to be on this mic? Right where you are. <laughs> All right. You keep undulating back and forth and back and forth. Let's just I feel like I'm in a Sam Raimi film. Thank you very much for listening to Try Love, a literal roundtable podcast where we're going to talk about a movie, but not one we've seen at the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can follow us on Twitter at Try Love Podcast. Uh, my name is Jason. You can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus. Uh, my name is Cody. You can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. That was a journey that you took us yep. on. Do, does the BH uh, stand for butt and hole? Uh, it can be. Owned. It's whatever that. you want, baby. Mm. Uh, I'm Harry. You can find me at Shiitake Harry. Is that with two eyes? Yep. Shit, take I'm Harry. I'm not spell it That's for right. anybody. Is that actually why it's... Okay. No. Uh, hello, my name's Aaron. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RBPlease, A-A-R-B-Y-P-L-S. You felt the need to spell it out when nobody else did. There's two A's. It's so implicit. It's, it's, e- it's in the spell. No, no, you think no it's like Arby's, I spell uh, like the, the restaurant, and it's not. Vox Populi Aaron Grossman over here. Today we're going to be talking about Hobbs and Shaw. No, the Fast and Furious. Is it the Fast and Furious? Fast, Fast and Furious presents colon Hobbs and Shaw. Correct. You have is to say Hobbs colon. Is it Hobbs ampersand Shaw? Or is it Hobbs it's ampersand? Uh, ampersand? It's ampersand. Yes. So yeah. Fast and Furious presents colon Hobbs ampersand Shaw. Yes. Is and the name the of the film. The formal title is notably, you nailed it, saying the colon and ampersand just in right. full. So, so this is the um, Star Wars stories of the Fast and Like, this is going to be a sub-brand. <laughs> Right? Yes, where they're just going to make well buddy does, cop movies and Probably. like uh, noir dramas and shit. I th- background. I'm unequipped to talk about this movie because I've never we, seen any yeah, of the Fast or back. Furious franchise. We should bring up the backstory, right? This yeah. is a family podcast. Family cast. For the, family cast. Uh, for the most part, so certain members of the family betrayed the family, much like the eighth Fast and Fur- Furious film, Fate of the Furious. Ah, uh, well, of course, Vin Diesel didn't actually betray his family. Not like Kyle, who did yeah, actually Kyle, betray Kyle did his betray family. Shout out to Kyle. He was on our uh, Seven Samurai episode. Yeah. Kyle Olsen call-out cast. You might have yeah. heard him, or you might not have heard him. <laughs> now, he's, he's in a soccer match, so can't be mad. Is he playing in the soccer match? Uh, yeah, be. yeah, yes, he's playing for the Loons. Um, no, he's not. I think he's just attending. Um, so we, uh, so I had seen all the Fast and Furious movies with a friend of mine, uh, not at the end of a year or two after uh, graduating from college. Uh, Zach, shout out to Paul Zach. Walker. No, he's in New York, so he can't be on the, the podcast. He would love to talk Fast and Furious, I'm sure. But uh, watched it with him, and then somehow suckered a bunch of other people into watching Fast and uh, Furious with three me. People, three people. Three people, specifically. <laughs> it was me, Cody, Harry, and, Cody Kyle. and Kyle. Yeah. Um, Did you watch these chronologically from the first yep. to the final? 
Yep, uh, which is interesting. Uh, it's a weird series. Um, Fast and Furious kind of interestingly has like a lot, a very large fan base that's very like dedicated. There are like a lot of fan casts and can such. I, and can I ask how much the family? Yeah. The family. Can sure. I ask how much of it is uh, is ironic liking and how much of it is like actually like real deep seated id love of this series? Uh, depends on who you're asking. I genuinely like most of the movies. Like uh, beyond the irony, beyond I just would, the funny. You I would think characterize they're... it as like anti irony specifically. It, it a is, lot of you the could com- biggest fans of the Fast and Furious movies understand the potential for ironic appreciation and like work and against that, that okay. uh, deliberately, I think. I think I think it's like an anti-irony franchise. I would compare right? it to like the WWE. Where it's like, yeah. There's an understanding That's actually a of... Really I, was, I was going to make that, yeah. that corollary because it seems like a lot of the same people who fall sure. in love with uh, the Fast Just and Furious franchise. The 800 game journalists that you follow on Twitter all love <coughs> Fast and Furious. And <laughs> yeah, it is my frame of reference is that I only get information from Twitter and only right. from 670 whatever people I follow on Twitter. So yes. Yeah. Jesus. Same. It's, you know, it's a film series that obviously is like this big block blockbuster franchise has evolved certainly from being just kind of your average blockbuster to being one of the largest you know some having some of the largest names in cinema um over multiple decades it's uh, kind of a weird underdog story in corporate blockbusters as much it's as not, as much as a you know right? a big blockbuster yes, movie can be right. one sure it's still well, it's extremely been going corporate. for like 20 years or something right i don't know if that's an underdog story so much it is as it is just like a sign of its staying power i guess like there must have been a trough there where people started not liking the movies or like, because no movie is like, no movie series is great for 10 films or whatever, right? Uh, well, this is the ninth. And I... Even, Star- even Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it's, into, it's, it's evolved in such a weird why way. You, I'm sorry. Why did you look at me like that was a take? Are you saying that not all nine Star Wars movies are great? Wow. Nine plus, I guess. Some, some real hot takes about the actually, prequels. Yeah. I'm gonna hurt. Here. I'm gonna put the hurt down. I'm yeah. Have You're telling the Attack of the Clones wasn't a great movie? Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Star Wars. Um, we're talking so, about family. Yeah. So this is this is kind of a weird uh, spinoff. Uh, it takes place after the last oh, shit, main just, line. I th- are we done talking about? No, no. I was just franchise? gonna kind of set up. I'm sorry. No, please. Please. Do you want to touch no, on it? Please. Okay. I'm just going to do this thing with my hands. Pardon okay. his boarding house reach. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is a, a weird spinoff, Ew. and it takes place after the eighth uh, Fast and Furious movie, which is amazingly called Fate of the Furious. A very good name. It's like a Faulkner novel. It's like yeah, the it best is. name for anything. <laughs> yeah. The Fate of the Furious? Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Like, oh man, what a very good name. Good. Uh, and it's a spinoff involving uh, two characters who were introduced later in the Fast and Furious series, uh, Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw, who at one point in time in each of their respective films were the bad guys. Uh, really? Yeah, they were both bad guys, and now they are both members of the family. Do they call uh, that a I face guess. turn? Right, just like it, the it, it's, like, like, it's a very wrestling yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Or a uh, you know classic Vegeta Piccolo situation uh, to curb from my sensibilities. Um, Hobbs and Char both very much their Piccolo and Vegeta's respectively. I are think they, are they considered oh, anti-heroes? This is like now? whenever we're talking about video games and Cody is just like giving people. Piccolo, Piccolo is Hobbs. Right now, right? yeah, yeah, okay. I was looking for specific. another set of eyes to latch on to. Change the subject to something other. Than so are the are these main characters are they anti-heroes according to like the grander mythos of the story? Are they still like uh, bad guys who are used for good purposes? So for the people, the the family, uh, Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel, at all are kind of the anti-heroes. Heavy quotes. Not in, yeah. by franchise standards, but in terms of like 
conventional standards. I mean, they are like unabashed criminals. That's right. what the family are. Uh, so Hobbes was never really an anti-hero, right? He was just a cop and like was the antagonist by virtue of being, being a cop. Yeah, being a, uh, a really by the book, like hardcore, yeah. we'll track you down kind of. Some of my favorite The Rock scenes are actually those early ones, though, where he sure. says like, give me those veggies, and he like does all that. That's good <laughs> yeah. stuff. Um, and then uh, Shaw is um dastardly murderer who has yet to face justice for the crimes that he don't, perpetuated don't, against. Yeah, not to spoil anything in earlier Fast and Furious movies, but he, he does kill... He fucking a, kills one of the family members! He, he kills, kills one of the family members, and then two movies later, one movie later, is straight up just, like, at a barbecue with them, drinking Coronas. Yeah. Is, and they're is, like, there, there's no connective the tissue now. there? No, I mean, they're, they're kind <laughs> wow. of... Again, it's like wrestling, where, like, the bad guy one day will be the good guy, and it doesn't really make sense, but you kind of go That's why he's the Vegeta, it. right? Because, like, oh, Vegeta's like a genocidal war criminal who... And it's just like within I a blankier span of things that you yeah, don't Lord see, he becomes like a family shit, man yeah. wearing pink shirts and shit. I don't know if he ever gets quite there, but I appreciate that reference. <laughs> Bad man. <laughs> so how did you feel about this movie then? I mean, like, I, I haven't gone into it not seeing any of these other films, only knowing their general cultural impact and how they're received today. It's like a, it's just a dumb action movie to me. Like, it's fun, sure. it's enjoyable. Emphasis in on dumb. Well, like, I don't mean to say dumb because it, it, to disparage anybody who's watching it and likes it. Like, legitimately, I could see why you would like this movie. It's just messy to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Aaron, you're sort of the expert, but I feel this way too. I feel like even fans of the Fast and Furious franchise wouldn't find a lot to love in this movie. I'm sure some of them would, you know? I don't know, uh, man. But, but yeah. is that because it's dumb or just because it doesn't have the same characters, the same basic it, plot? It beats? doesn't have the same characters or the same character, I would say. Like, this does not feel like a Fast and Furious movie yeah i think all like the the dynamics and sensibilities that made the original franchise like as special as it is um just like it's its own camp its own self-awareness of where it like where it's come from and just like the ridiculousness that each new installment brings um and good fun but just like hobbs and shaw takes itself way too seriously to be considered in that like nice by the end at least yes yeah for yeah. sure yeah so um yeah. Which we'll obviously get into. Yeah, yeah. let's get into the movie in a second, but I just have an overarching question of, like, what do people love about The Fast and Furious that isn't in this movie? Or maybe that was going to be a good question. What you were I want Cody, because <clears throat> you were, we were scratching we were that itch a little bit. I think, Carrier, we're a little in simpatico about The Fast and Furious. I guess, Cody, what's your kind of general? Yeah, uh, so I guess um, tracing these Hobbs and Shaw characters back over to the main FNF franchise, uh, like, when we meet Hobbs, uh, the, his first his first film, he's more more or less just, uh, and I think Harry, you touched on this a little bit. He's more of just a soundbox with like great, funny one-liners, yeah. lines that don't even really make sense, and they don't need to. Um, he really only needs to be like a the rock, hunk, yeah, like the <laughs> rock. Like honestly, yeah, bringing the the rock or bringing Jason Statham as Jason Statham into this franchise to be themselves, uh, just to have something for the for the family to go up against like that's more than plenty you you made a really good point because both in their respective movies and in especially in Hobbs and Shaw it can't be overstated how thin the idea of these characters are yes. like they are literally you could have just called these people Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham right thick, like thick men thin characters like <laughs> That, I think really, that was really the tagline, yeah. right? I think on the poster. Um, that is definitely a shirt. It is coming soon to the trailer shop. But like, they're just exaggerated versions of their 
actual public persona, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're kind of archetypes, at least yes. in the movies in which they are introduced. I mean, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is in what Fast and Furious six. I think he's six. Is his introduction six would have right? been the int- yeah five would have been the introduction. I was no, it, it is five. Yeah, yeah. it's five. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he was he was essentially badass super cop who tracks down criminals. Is it uh, five? Is five the safe sequence at the end? Yeah, in, that's five. Is that in Bolivia or is it in Brazil? Uh, it's in Brazil. Yeah, it's in Brazil. Yeah. Okay, yep. Uh, so yeah, he would have been in five. Um, have, they, have they been laying the seeds of these characters being like butting heads in a buddy cop movie for a while? Did people see this coming? Kind of. It's, it's like, really hard to talk map? about. Again, there's like, <laughs> there's like eight movies and they're all, at least from the beginning to end, so distinctly different. That it's, I guess they've kind of been doing it. Like it made sense when they These announced this movie. These like, characters clearly don't like each other. Uh, Shaw is like a professional career criminal, and Hobbs is a professional career cop. So there's that a fly by night CIA agent or whatever the fuck yeah. he is. I'll put out a, a real quick disclaimer um, because we left this out of our description of the family. Um, we're going to be jumping back to the older Fast and Furious movies as best we can. Um, for some of us, that means talking about movies that. We watched while um, feasting on McDonald's uh, and drinking 40s, uh, which is something that the bulk of us <laughs> who uh, are part of the family did with each movie. So Right. It was a tradition. Yeah, especially if Aaron or, or I. Mostly me, because Aaron has seen these a couple times. I w- yeah. I'll try to stay out of the recollection of narrative. <laughs> we were also talking during these movies nonstop. Right? Also, there's eight of them, and the plots are all somewhat They're all, nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's the ideal way to watch these movies, though, right? And yeah. like, that's a big part of I getting back to your original question, which we kind of... Uh, about the enjoyment got a way of yeah. yeah i think that that like there's a <clears throat> there's like a genuine like male friendship and camaraderie at the center of these movies that is that is like really um resonant with the people watching them especially if you watch them with your friends and with like your family yeah with your male friends and your male family yeah well I, most in part because these movies are all terribly sexist uh yeah, like they don't really like really regressive even for like the standard of their time and place action blockbusters uh, yes yeah. uh it's rough um this movie kind of kind of tries to get past that in the classic sort of fast and furious way and doesn't really succeed yeah. uh but we'll talk about that yeah let's get into its misogyny later but start out by plot like, summary did, did we did oh. you like this movie what i'm hearing is like it's the tossing up of like well it's not what it used to be it's still fun to watch but did you like watching this movie i, I will this is not. I am speaking for myself here as someone who genuinely, unironically enjoys all of the Fast and Furious movies, uh, mostly unironically. I think there's like two movies of the the eight mainline uh, series that uh, I don't like that much. Which are? Um, uh, I would say the f- the very first one, the Fast and the Furious, and then dude, uh, dude. Fast and Furious Four. Really, I would say those are the two worst. Well, yeah. I don't remember anything uh, about four. <laughs> that's that's the th- four is. So real quickly, uh, isn't that the one where they kind of started to do what they modern. were going to do? Yeah, so they started really modernizing the series. Then that is when everything from a production standpoint really gets to another. That's level. when they started being heist movies. Kind of, they started being heist. They're movies. never they're never really heist movies. They just sort of play. At they feel heist like heist tropes. movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, this um, one does too. Yeah, several like, times. And, and again, like almost, right? Yeah. But like not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly only what... for when it's going to make things look cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and so, yeah, the fourth one is the one that starts to feel more like the modern Fast and Furious films, but I also think it's pretty unremarkable in most ways. There's a good opening sequence uh, with an oil tanker that's pretty cool. Oh, um, yeah, that is really right. It is pretty good. But, yeah, so I, I don't know. The first one, because it is... That's something... Sorry, I, I hate to keep doing asides. Uh, Do um, I think that, like, the, the opening sequences in Fast and Furious are almost uniformly the best sequences. Like, just about. Like, yeah. I'm thinking about, like, like five's opening sequence is definitely the best in that movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, the chase, safe is man, good. That, that, the, in the, the climax yes, of that yeah. movie, I like Fast Five is great. Arguably the best one, right? I think. Sorry, which one? Fast Five. <sighs> yeah, maybe. Like, it's That's in my... got the shot with the... Yeah, anyway, it's I'm in sorry, my top go ahead for sure. A, uh, where was I? I don't know. Uh, yeah, the movies you don't the, like. The first yeah. one is essentially kind of like watching an energy drink. Uh, is a movie. <laughs> like Nas? Uh, yeah, it is like just drinking Ooh. a big old can of Nas while watching a movie. Uh, the fourth one I think is pretty unremarkable. But outside of that, I mean, so Too Fast, Too Furious, great name, uh, is like a ridiculous like Miami Vice that movie takeoff. Is wild. It's it's probably the worst like just pure quality wise in the series, but it's. Maybe my favorite yeah, to watch. It, it as has a, movie a really strange so... character and vibe about it that yeah. none of the other movies have. Uh, the third Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is like a weird like high school dating sim racing game. I hate, I hate it's that like a movie, video game, and it doesn't make any sense that I hate that movie. Yeah, you should love that. movie. I should love that movie. Um, so that being said, as someone who ironically and unironically really appreciates Fast and Furious, uh, you know, I don't know if you want the sin with the other ones because it's a spinoff, but I, I think this is probably the worst Fast and Furious movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It. What you. What I'm picking up from your conversation is that what you've loved about the other films in the series is just that they present this like continuity, this this baseline of camaraderie, of friendship, of like references to itself, of internal logic. Sure. Is, does this movie sit outside of that completely then? Um, because it's. Is it a new direct? Like, did David like also do any other films in this in the Fast mm, franchise? No. This, this is his first. Yep. yep. I think Justin Lin did almost all of the. Lin did a lot of. I think them. James Wan did one or two. Okay. Yeah. There, there's been a few directors throughout the series. Justin Lin is the one who is kind of uh, most associated with the big right. quotes good ones. Mm. That are the yeah, starting with ones. Tokyo Drift. Uh, yeah, weirdly enough, he did Tokyo Drift and then also did Fast Five. Like it's it's kind of night and day. Um, yeah, it really you is. You could argue he's evolved as a director quite a bit. I think. Um, yeah, but I can make that. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. I, I again, I don't think this feels at all like a Fast and Furious movie. I don't even think it really trades in the sort of like broad themes of the Fast and Furious, except in a in a sort of like really hamstrung um over deliberate way with the monologue at the end which it's kind of, of tries like an insincere yeah like, it felt insincere to me and it, it also feels like it's trying to tie hobbs and shaw to the legacy of the fast and furious movies sort of by force uh and it doesn't work for me yeah. at all so mm -hmm. like uh, what i would say is that like yes i think you've characterized fast and furious movies pretty well in that they're about quote-unquote family right and like like camaraderie and friendship um, and loyalty to one another and to sort of like uplifting each other. Um, I don't think Hobbs and Shaw is about that at all. Uh, I don't really think it's trying to be until it is at the very end and it doesn't really work then either. Yeah. I think it, you know, to the film's credit, I think it's trying to do something different and I think it's very clear that the studio wanted a movie that they could then launch off a 
universe of, right? Yeah. So they can make yes. a bunch of Hobbs and Shaws. They can make Hobbs and Shaw-like movies with other characters from The Fast and Furious. Um, right. It's really, it's difficult to consider this within even the same cinematic universe as the Fast and Furious movies when you've got Idris Elba being like a pseudo cyborg. He's a cyborg. Yeah. yeah, like yeah straight a cyborg. up a cyberpunk like killer. And there's nothing remotely close to that in any Fast and Furious installment leading up to this. Well, right? yeah. It, the Fast and Furious franchise is wild too, right? Because like in the first one, the thing that the family did, Dominic Toretto's gang of chop shop <laughs> workers turned criminals is steal dvd players out of the back of the truck there's a shot in the movie that is like legitimately like one of the more iconic like film screenshots from a movie of that time where a guy you know opens up the the door on this big truck that they just robbed and it's like the kind of dvd player that in like in like not just dvd players but like tvs with dvds attached you know like the really big boxy ones and there's just like it's like thirty-seven dollars worth of merchandise today. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's I think ridiculous. I think it's accompanied by the line, "We got the DVDs." I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that he says that. In my mind, he says that. Um, and then you fast forward to like, like uh, Fate of the Furious, and like the rocket is like with his bare hands, like redirecting Russian sub torpedoes, and they're like saving the world from nuclear Armageddon, and like they're working with um, Mr. Nobody. <laughs> the cia and it's yeah it's they start wild, with the, the progression yeah it is uh <laughs> and that like that starting to work with the cops like coincides with uh the movie's like blockbuster success you can see the politics shift in real time towards yeah, sure. i mean it was always sort of cop sympathetic yeah, of course because brian was always a cop yeah, uh, Paul, Walker, Paul, Walker, yeah. Paul walker's character's name is brian <laughs> oh no love lost on that guy uh what what he's dead hey <laughs> So this this series is now old enough to fucking drink. It's eighteen years old now. Like two thousand one was the first at eighteen. Movie. Wow, <laughs> I had a weird upbringing, dude. Double whammy. Well, you were homeschooled. Yeah, uh, but like Paul Walker sucks, and I'm eighteen and drinking. I'm Jason Daphne. <laughs> a lot has happened Solid in the last impression. eighteen years. Please, can we please move beyond this? I don't know. Maybe if you stop shooting on family. There's no precedent. Hey, you can buy cigarettes. I just want to join the mix. Can buy cigarettes at the store. Most stores in most states. Some states are outlawing it. Don't don't worry about it. Like, how has the film industry and what, what like a lot of stuff has happened in the last eighteen years in action films and generally? Like, what has how have you tracked that change? You were talking about the Marvelization of film. Sure, uh, we should, maybe that's we a pretty should, good. Point maybe the Mission yeah, Impossibleization of, of film as well. Yeah, this uh, Hobbs and Shaw specifically like cribs so much, including including Vanessa Kirby herself from. The Mission Impossible series. That one of the like, best parts of this movie, by the way. Yeah, she and definitely. One of the is. best parts of Mission Impossible Fallout. She's yeah. good also, in that yes. too. Yeah. yeah, put her in the next John Wick. Uh, she probably will be. She she will absolutely be like uh, one of like the female actresses that she should just have. Uh, I was going to say she should also. Yep. Yeah, she should just female yeah. actors. I should say. Sorry, but um, anyway, um, maybe we should get into what Hobbs yeah, and Shaw yeah, is actually I, like, about. Get a plot sure, and we can sort of back into its. We uh, always do. Relation, yeah. Yeah, so uh, mm. quick quick plot summary here. Hobbs and Shaw, 2019, directed by David Like. Like. Uh, so this is going to be real I like, short. Like I think we mostly guy. talked about it, but uh, after the events of Fate of the Furious, uh, Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw are recruited by, uh, one's British, one's American, so recruited by MI6 and uh, I think the CIA, uh, respectively, to track down uh, Deckard Shaw's sister, Hattie Shaw, who has been... Uh, infected with a virus that threatens the entire world. It basically makes your insides melt if you get it. Um, 
and she has like 72 hours to remove this virus from her system and, and to neutralize it. Um, and so also searching for Hattie Shaw is uh, Brixton Lore. Great name. It's, it's a great enough. name. Yeah, it's, it is a very cyberpunk name. He's a cybernetically enhanced super soldier. So he is tracking uh, her down for some sort of shadowy corporation uh, in order to obtain the virus and weaponize it. Um, and this movie's like two hours, 15 minutes, but not not a whole lot of story, right? We should definitely hone in on, home in on that, too. This movie is two hours and 15 minutes long. Don't... <laughs> Why, why, why? Why do movies, all movies that aren't, like, fucking Seven Samurai should be 90 minutes long? Like, just, you can be Seven Samurai, or you can be 90 minutes long. That's, those are your options. Or you get executed. Yeah, those are the, that's right. You make a movie longer than that, and it's not that good, we execute you. So um, how does the length, then, impact how you felt about this movie? Is it just, like, slog for a time? Like, it, it did slow down. I think in a so. lot of spots, but it's not like one part. It's not like the second act is really slow. It's like almost every. I scene. think that second act's pretty slow, yeah. man. You can <laughs> well, lose comparatively, sure. one of the like four really, Climaxes, really uh, yeah. clunky celebrity cameos oh, that yeah. they throw into this movie to be funny that go on for like fifteen minutes a piece. You could just maybe axe all of those out of the movie entirely and make it a lot shorter and a lot better. Was that uh, just Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart? Was Ryan Reynolds, else? Kevin Hart, a little bit of Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Not Rob, or not Rob, Rob Delaney. Delaney. Rob Delaney. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Not um, much Rob Delaney. I was exaggerating, I guess. It is. The two big ones are those two. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, it's like, did they did they do that because, like, they wanted to be, or, like, was it just, like, an over-the-top joke, or was there some kind of underlying, like, we're not sure if this movie's going to be able to stand on its two legs. Uh, yeah, I think so it was, gonna slide it in, was like, definitely the, the latter, right? It was emblematic yeah. of, like, this sort of identity crisis the movie has, where they're literally like, uh, let's put Detective Pikachu in the movie because right. people like that Ryan Reynolds guy and he'll do his Ryan Reynolds thing which is where he says jokes really fast and then you think about you don't think about how they're not funny at all yeah. or well written like yeah. by definition they weren't like they weren't cameos they were characters yeah. Um, yeah like Ryan Reynolds has multiple scenes uh where he speaks and says Ryan Reynolds he, he, he has like yeah. two of the three post credit sequences yeah. of Ryan Reynolds three, talking about three shit fucking yeah. post and mid credits sequences this, this reads like a parody of a Marvel movie yes. almost right where yeah. it's like yeah. Oh yeah, well fuck you. We're gonna have three post-credit sequences. You know, all I can, of them are gonna be inconsequential. Yeah, bullshit. I don't want to pretend to know what the studio's doing because you know I don't work in the film industry, but uh, except for this podcast, obviously. Uh, but you know, there's a part <laughs> of me that just thinks, like, from a marketing aspect, you know, oh maybe if Hobbs and Shaw isn't tracking that well for pre-sales of tickets, maybe we start introducing some marketing with Kevin Hart. Now, you know, they, that, yeah. that seems like the kind of thing that they could do. On the other hand. Um, maybe it's like a legitimate attempt if they are trying to build a universe to get names who are big names attached to this movie that then they can, I guess, have in future movies, right? Like, you yeah. get your like somewhat comedic Samuel pocket. Jackson yeah. equivalent from the Marvel films. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those scenes aren't good. They're not that funny. Um, you know, they're kind of entertaining in the moment, I think. You know, I was chuckling at them, but they, they feel so weird, especially from like a, just a tone standpoint. Yeah. Uh, particularly the Kevin Hart one. And yes. like, it, which is kind of a shame because I think that Kevin Hart is probably a better comedic actor than Ryan Reynolds. Like, almost certainly, right? Yeah, he's, uh, he has multiple different notes he can play rather than just the same one. Yeah. But that, the where, Sorry, Jesus. The um the placement of that cameo is so awkward because it's like right in the middle of the second act before it turns to the third act and like 
the movie comes apart for it. Like, they're sitting in this um, plane already having a scene that goes on way too long that is gross. Very where, disgusting scene. Yeah, where uh, Shaw is being protective of his sister because he's afraid that, that Hobbes wants to do his sister uh and that's i'm using the film's terminology it is that crass right like it's gross um and hobbs is like giving him this this apparently like woke white knight speech about how if that's her decision he's fine with it uh and so we're already in this place we're like we're <laughs> we're in the depths yeah, <laughs> yeah like this is what's happening we're and like an hour and a half into this fucking movie these two big dumb dudes are yelling at each other in seats and then here comes kevin hart and he just does a bit for like 10 minutes and you forget you're watching a movie like this happens to me a lot where it's like at a certain point you like look around and you're like is this still happening like like well it's not even like they they find him or they or he like becomes a natural part of the plot or anything like this isn't a good thing no matter how they had worked him in but he literally stops the conversation that they're having, this dumb conversation that you wish would end anyway, to prolong it by inserting his character into the scene. Like, and and yeah. then that char- character becomes one small part of the plot later, who's then brought back by force through a phone call, and that's it. It was it, Kevin Hart took 10 minutes to literally say, hey, I can hear what you guys are saying, and I want to be in your movie, too. Like, can I be in your movie? <laughs> and it, like, it's kind of funny at first, right? Yeah. Like, it kind of works for, yeah. like, a minute, and then it goes on for, like, nine more minutes. I was, uh, I think I said this to you guys after the movie, I was, like, writing down in my notes during the movie, it's like, wow, Kevin Hart, like, came in to really save this scene, and, like, I just <laughs> kept writing, and now he's overstayed his welcome by a lot. <laughs> and, and I, I think 30% that... 30% of the way through the scene at that yeah, point. Maybe, yeah. in general, this movie just overstays its welcome, right? Like, because I... I had a really weird, like, experience watching this movie. Um, for the first half hour or so, I genuinely was prepared to call it, like, maybe my favorite of the first Fast thirty and minutes. Are amazing. They're really, they're really, really good. good, yeah, and they they like really work like tight on a level that I don't even know that Fast and Furious has really been able to master. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm not a, a true fan or whatever, but I think that the the Fast and Furious are always sort of awkward movies, and I think that awkwardness kind of works for me and works for the franchise. What um, do you mean by that? Uh, that? Just that, like, often I think that there's a pretty big gulf between what they're clearly going for and what they're achieving, where, like, you can sort of from a distance make out the genre conventions and... Um, beats that they're trying to hit but then if you actually like examine the movie if you actually watch it you're like ah that's not working like dom isn't actually coming off the way they want him to his relationship with brian maybe isn't hitting the right notes um too fast too furious is not what they think it is you know what i mean oh, it's, I, it's much more yeah oh, it's much more <laughs> uh, that kind of works for me in a sense that it it weirdly characterizes the movies as more than the sum of their parts in that like if they were just boilerplate genre movies they wouldn't work but they're like sort of awkward funny character movies because of the way that they're like they're like trying to i don't know there's something sort of endearing about it maybe that's condescending i apologize excuse me i'm thinking of like movies that do the same kind of thing and i'm thinking the expendables where they're like very clearly over the top yeah, expository yeah. and um, like self-referential and like marketed on that. Yeah, I, I think the, the Expendables actually, you know, obviously the it's a it's a cast. The Expendables is going for something different than a movie like Hobbs and Shaw, but I think Hobbs and Shaw the reason the first thirty minutes work 
so well is because they are allowed to do things like stylistically and just even from a directing standpoint that they really can't do with Fast and Furious. Uh, the movie, there's a, there's a pretty, I think, pretty weak, uh, opening sequence to Hobbs and Shaw. It's really weak, yeah. Uh, But then, you know, there's like a title sequence, and then the first 30 minutes after that are very, very stylistically, like, flashy in your face. Um, It shows the morning routines of Hobbs and Shaw, uh, basically with like a line down the center of the screen. You see one person doing one thing on the left, and then one person doing one thing on the right. One person is cooking their eggs this way. One person is cooking their eggs the other way. It works. And you can't do that in a Fast and Furious movie, because a Fast and Furious movie is not a, a incredibly stylistic... Uh, uh, franchise. What I was this could be. I was hoping you'd qualify that because that scene was like nice, I guess, yeah. and in retrospect, did stick out as one of the better parts of the movies. But like when you guys are saying, "Man, that was really good," I'm thinking that was a pretty shitty movie scene. Maybe yeah. it's a very good <laughs> Fast and Furious scene. And wow, is that like? Jesus. Well, I mean, it's like it doesn't do anything new or special. Like, yeah, it must be right. because of your knowledge it, of yeah. the series, your expectations going in. Right. So the, so the what I. Not, I mean, so for me, I think what I what I wrote in my Letterbox review and what I was thinking while I was watching the movie check was out that, Aaron on Letterbox. Thank you. Uh, is that you know it, it's very simple filmmaking and it's very like kind of obvious filmmaking, but I think it's effectively done right. Um, it is it is very simple filmmaking done kind of flawlessly for the kind of big blockbuster uh, effect that they're going for. Yeah, it it uh, it tricks me. The same way that, uh, and this was my big takeaway from your comment about Marvelization, sure. is that I was tricked by the first act of this movie the way that I'm tricked by so many Marvel movies. Uh, this sounds deeply cynical. I don't mean it to. Uh, I'm just a um, humorless scold, I guess. Um, <laughs> Check out Harry on Letterboxd. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I was so on board after that first scene with the split screen, after we see them both sort of like um, individually... Like, we see a day in their lives, we see the stakes, um, uh, Shaw goes to visit his mom, played by Helen Mirren, in the prison, uh, one of my favorite sequences in any of the Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. maybe, just because Helen Mirren can act like nobody's business, I mean, that's obvious, right? Um, yeah. but they do this fun thing, uh, twice in the movie, which is the, the right number of times, I think, and it's, it's really cute and really, um, reminiscent of Jason's statham's career where uh they'll say like oh we used to run this um this grift uh the mcjagger and then it like cuts to it they like freeze frame it yeah yeah, and then it says the mcjagger on screen and then it cuts to them as kids doing it and i love that um and uh you see hobbs interact with his daughter um and that stuff kind of worked for me i think that the rock playing off kids works really well um i think the rock is limited in uh, some of what he does in this movie works. Some of it doesn't for me. Um, but that stuff really works. And I was like, so ready to spend like, I guess two hours with these characters. I was like, Oh, this, this is going to be so fun. Like, like, look at this, look at these two characters. It's going to be really fun to see them play off each other and interact. It's just like how in Marvel movies, the first act of a Marvel movie is always by far the most fun because they put all of the actual fun, good ideas that they have that actually characterize the world and the characters in that first act. And then it becomes like Who's the villain? boilerplate the, boring yeah. nonsense. That's part of why Thor Ragnarok works so well is because they actually remembered to have fun in the second and third acts of that movie. Um you can tell they run out of gas uh, in Hobbs and Shaw, and it's very, very obvious. Even just on like a really minor, uh, from a minor technical perspective, that sh- scene you talked about with uh, Helen Mirren and Jason Statham just having a very—it's not 
a really uh, an elaborately put together scene. It's just like shot, reverse shot. They're having a conversation. They have that flashback with the grainy footage. It works really, really well. You look at uh, a scene near the end, um, when we were talking about this after the fact, this is something that actually Kyle brought up, and I noticed it too. It was um, Hattie and um, Hobbs are, like, talking on a cliff. Uh, you know, we're approaching the climax. <laughs> oh, we're just, like, overlooking the water. The camera is facing them. They're having a conversation with one another, but, like I said, they're both looking the same way. And, like, the it's a close-up on, on Vanessa Kirby, and then they just decide to, like, cut to uh, Dwayne Johnson's face, but it's just like a very slight cut. Um, it is a hard cut, but it's just like the camera moves like six inches to the left. And like Vanessa Kirby's face is still in the shot. It's just like they they stopped caring about anything. Uh, man, yeah. Uh, purely on a technical level, the, the second half of this movie contains some of the worst like editing I've ever seen. Oh man, there Maybe. is a CGI shot during the what I thought was the climax of the movie. That's well, actually the middle of the movie <laughs> during like the. Fa- I literally thought there's like a big laboratory factory. Yeah, they had to do sequence. a second worst climax. Yeah, and I was like, okay, this this is the climax of the movie. Maybe there's like one other big thing immediately afterwards. No, it's like there's another forty five minutes, fifty minutes on this thing. Uh, but during that scene, there's like a single like one second shot of a factory driving out of, or a car driving out of the factory, and it's like PS2-level graphics, but it's, like, so quick. You you can't, it's, like, obviously, it's all green screen CGI, but I looked at it, and I was like, it's like I'm watching, like, a like a, a PlayStation 2 video game, and then it's gone immediately, and I was like, anybody else see that? Anybody else notice what the fuck <laughs> just happened? He over to me and, and say, did you see that? And I was like, I guess. I think you missed it, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I was going out of my mind for um, a second there. The continuity but. is also out of whack. Um, I mentioned this in my Letterbox review of this movie. Um, follow Cody Check on Letterboxd. Check out Cody on Letterboxd. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean uh, but just to set this up, so, like, this whole um, extraction process that Hattie Shaw needs to take care of to get, like, these in uh, these, these bodily melting <laughs> chemicals, uh, nanobots or whatever the fuck, out of her body. Um, nanobots. Oh. Nanomachines, son. Not a video it's a game. video game reference. Oh, yeah, I don't God know. Um, and I walked right into that Senator one. Senator Joe Armstrong. Oh, from Metal Gear Solid. I'm good. I'm going to just going to speed walk through uh, this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm the only one uncomfortable. It's okay. I'm always uncomfortable. That's a good point. Anyways, um, the, the basically this uh, extraction machine that um they, they got the like the the compact mobile version um because this factory that they exploded and ran out of they couldn't take care of it there so they had to like take the smaller version of the machine and put it in a backpack. Cody's so skilled at describing things in a way that calls out their inherent ridiculousness without having to call attention to it. Awesome. Um. It's, it's just like, you're right. It's like the, the like fucking light mobile version of the yeah. like technological Marvel, uh, right. Like, Suitcase virus extraction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were aided by this Russian scientist, uh, which they cast a British guy for, which was, um, Really over the top shot. Are we talking about Chernobyl 2019? Uh, Eddie Eddie Marsan, but that is a good bit too. Thank you. I should watch that. Um, That was really funny also in that like (laughs) the factory that they break out of is so clearly to model modeled to look like Chernobyl. And it's like, are you just literally like visually referencing this very successful TV show or like 
Do you think that that's what Russia looks like? That's just is American the, it, yeah. of, of, yeah, of Russia is just yeah. that all of Russia is just covered in abandoned factories and it's, amusement parks. It's like parks. the mission from fucking Modern Warfare Four, where you're like sneaking through like the. I it's mean, like that grass was yeah. actually in Chernobyl. Yeah, I know. But yeah, yes. I, I know. Yeah. But yeah. this one, it's like vaguely passed off as like could be Chernobyl, and it's just like oh, we're not gonna ab- say it. abandoned nuclear silos. No, it's definitely they, Chernobyl. They even had that same shot of like the old retro Mickey that's like standing there. Stop it. Is that a Simon Stalinog reference? Uh, oh, it should be. Damn, Shout out to that guy. That yeah. guy rules. Where, where did this movie lose steam for you guys? That oh, sorry, I I sidetracked so far from my own continuity error. Um, this is just like an indication of like I don't know, like the steaming pile of gar- garbage that this movie becomes by the end. Um, but like this machine arbitrarily needs thirty minutes to abstract these nanobots from Vanessa Kirby's body. Um, we. We see a shot of the clock says 30 minutes. It is pitch black outside. It is distinctly nighttime. Um, then uh, a black Superman shows up, Idris Elba, um, with his crew. And um, the sun is coming up, and they start fighting. The sun is near, like, a- near apex in the sky, I swear. We look back at the, the clock ticking down on her body. It's at, like, 21 and a half minutes. <laughs> um, so just yeah, for those uh, keeping track. We should We should point out that... Idris Elba's character, Brixton, calls himself the Black Superman. Um, that is not where this movie lost me. Um, and then, I loved Idris Elba. Idris Elba's he's, really fucking he's good. He's the best part movie. of the very yeah. best part of yeah. this movie. Do you think that they, like, he, he he had, spoiler alert, but he had that moment where, like, his body is shut down, he throws himself in the sea. He has he's the best dead, line right? in the movie where he says, it's a hell of a business, boys. I was like, ah, fuck, that's a really good <laughs> last line. <laughs> they're, they're definitely going to bring him back, though, right? Like he's going to be a. Fr- he's probably not to. He's probably going to get his own Fast and Furious movie. Do you think he'll be more machine now than man? Like explicitly yeah, in the next I, one, I he'll, he'll be Darth be Vader. No. Born. Oh God, no. So, so like the like he has that sweet last line. Ultimately, he's going to come to the realization that it is a rough business. <gasps> and you'd rather just hang out with the family. Oh my God, Brixton joined the family, dude. I think if he it's gonna was happen. in a mainline Fast and Furious, I think I would. I think that would end it. For I think I, that would kill it for me. I'd be it's like, no, nah, you can't. Yeah, I don't know. Right. That'd be like he a has weird cyber thing. eyes that tell him the the <laughs> probability of punches. Nobody in the family has like those. the force and the the force of pressure that somebody's finger has against a yeah. gun. But he can't like dodge a few punches. Here Man, that last sequence is so fucking bad. That like video game fight sequence where they're like, it looks hey, cool. uh, if he hits <laughs> me, he can't defend against you. So. Let him hit me, and then you hit him, and that's how we'll beat him. Hey, it's been two hours. Do you want to learn how to, like, work with one another yeah, for yeah. once? I Guys, think, I gotta I say, gotta, I, don't know if, I don't know if the MPAA is going to let me use exact rips of the movie's <laughs> audio for this, so you might have to clip it at, like, five right. seconds if you're going to do that again. Uh, I think you are, uh, I think there's maybe a little bit of thematic context that you both may be missing there. Hobbs and Shaw are a team, yet they have a lot of differences. Hobbs oh, is more mean- of a larger physical presence. Uh, Shaw is more of kind of the, the, uh, you know, more charismatic kind of British spy. He sneaks his way around. Oh, so, so they have yeah. differences, right? And so, uh, the, the kind of character arcs that they're going through over this movie are learning to work together. So, yeah. I mean, my favorite part of it's, that, of the climax subtle, specifically, but it works. is, is when one of them says, you go left and I'll go right. And then they both punch the guy. And then, uh, War by Edwin Starr starts playing and the credits roll. <laughs> Well, no, you're forgetting the part where I think uh, pretty close to what happens. Easy, easy mistake. The Rock actually starts singing it. It's it's oh, it's yes. non it's diegetic actually. The Rock is singing it, and uh, I think Shaw starts playing the drums behind him. This doesn't happen. That plays out over the credits. The first uh, mid-credit scene has that moment where 
Shaw says the the famous line, like, oh, let's go to the pub. Uh, And they both say at the same time, you're buying. Oh, jinx. Now they're, like, learning to work together on the same way. They they were different at the beginning, but by the end of the movie, you see that they're actually uh, quite alike. You know, they have some similarities. They're both bald. They're both tough. (laughs) One says tomato. The other says find someone by their physical uh, characteristics, but... I guess I'll pose the same question I posed to Cody earlier. Where did like where did it lose steam for you guys? Because you where did it lose steam for you, Jason? You don't. Dis- I, yeah, yeah. Jason. I'm not sure. yeah, I'm not sure. yeah you question asked. Question, over there. I question king over here. So the host doesn't get to ask questions. Thanks. Were you ever on board the train? I guess is one of I'm this saying. movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't hate it for the first maybe act and a half. Like it kept me going. I guess around when. Uh, Around when they meet the scientist is where I'm like, okay, it's really slowing down now. And that's not way too far into the movie. Like, uh, it's yeah. it's Shaw's connections that get them to that. And then, like, they get into the whole plane scene and Kevin yeah. Hart really drags it down. I think right up until there was about where it was like, okay, it's it's moving anyway. And then it started to slow down. I think I, I know exactly when I was first disillusioned. I don't think I completely f- ran out of steam until later on. I think around when you're talking about. But there's a scene when Hobbs and Shaw first meet each other, they're separated by glass and they have this this sort of dick measuring contest with one another where they're they're insulting each other. And they do really close ups on first the Rock's face when he's talking about how much he can't stand Shaw and then Shaw's face when he's talking about how much he can't stand Hobbs. And the fucking insults that they wrote into the movie about this are such non specific bullshit like boilerplate writing like i think at one point one of them honest to god says it makes me throw up in my mouth but it's it maybe not that exactly but it's that caliber of writing and i'm just like oh is if like this is what i have to look forward to it's all kind of ryan reynolds lines just delivered yeah. by different characters and it's, it's just like you could have done anything you could have made reference to their actual character history you could have made reference to their respective personalities you could have used this moment to characterize how they're different from each other and instead they just do this bullshit frat house like like back and forth trying like almost gross out humor uh to to attempt to articulate how they don't like each other very much and the thing we're meant to take away from it is oh these two guys don't like each other very much and it's like what are we doing it should be said that there is there's an example of that scene that really works in Fate of the Furious, which is like, the, it's like a prison escape fight sequence where they're locked up together and they break out together despite the fact they don't like each other very much. Yeah, that's and a it, good it's scene. It's a really yeah. good, it's a really good right. scene. It's like rapid succession of like, you suck, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, we can break out now? Okay, let's like do that together. Yeah. Instead and then, of spending an act and a half pretending that we like don't like each other. Yeah, and the fight sequence is fun in that movie. Again, you know, it is like, super simple filmmaking, like, yeah, The Rock is punching people and Jason Statham is not, because he's not as big. But it, it kind of works, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, pretty much every scene where The Rock and Jason Statham are, like, insulting each other, just, like, really playing off, it, it doesn't It doesn't really work. work and it's, it's unpleasant. It's, like, legitimately unpleasant. It's like, I don't want to listen to these two macho men, like, bullying each other like i just like i mean i that, do but that whole i, uh, I, I would like well. it to be yeah. better yeah i guess <laughs> yeah and some of it is better right like every time jason statham gets a crack about how like the rock is just a a huge mountain dude i think it's pretty funny uh they make an italian job reference where he's like yeah. oh that's that car was from a job in italy it's a shame we didn't need a 
what was it like a giant bus driver or something i would have called no, it's, you it's like the oh yeah and, and it's like ah, i got him like that was pretty funny uh the rock makes fun of how jason statham's short that's also kind of funny um makes sense vegeta was also short character similarities i don't know what you're talking um, about uh this wasn't the moment where things really began to like come off the rails it was a heavy indication of things to come and this is Maybe divisive for me only because I was very excited when Dwayne Johnson finally did the eyebrow. But like, yes, in my mind, it's like if Luke Hobbs, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, doesn't do like the trademark The Rock eyebrow in the Fast and Furious movies, he shouldn't be doing that in any other like spinoff that this it's franchise like a meta has to thing offer. too because his daughter is like do the eyebrow thing yeah, they, like, yeah, they the, call it out the and lead I was up like, to wow. it is so cringy and it, it, like i like granted uh, I'm, i mean i'm gonna be very transparent i was sitting next to harry like being very visibly excited that it was just gonna finally fucking yes. happen yep. but just in the completely wrong movie and he does not do it in any of the this was a, when we were watching the movie yeah. this was a, f- a frequent uh yeah, we source were, of we were anguish for, for cody we kept watching yeah. for it and just never going, fucking just another 90 minutes without the rock eyebrow and i there said were, there yeah. were moments when he had to react to something right. that was frustrating quizzical, or yeah. quizzical, quizzical and, it, yeah. and instead he would just like look at it and be like oh okay right. and they would move, and i was really? like what are you doing he would do yeah. both eyebrows or no it's like both eyebrows he would scrunch his eyebrows he would do anything but it was but painful to watch eyebrow. wow um and i had said out loud many many times um just like i on record with uh, the family saying if he did it i would give uh, whatever movie he did it in a uh, three-star rating on letterboxd so this is a three from Cody. This is a three uh, with an asterisk. The I highest would... of all of the fast. It's a wet turd otherwise. <laughs> but... Yeah. Letterbox. If, if if it weren't because of that, I would probably be ranking it in the realm of like one and a half two. Um. Anyway. Uh. So that that part of the movie doesn't work for me, and it's yeah. a big part. I don't think that their relationship actually works the way that the movie wants it to. I think that it's just less pleasant and not. I don't think that these are very charismatic actors and I just don't think that their charisma really works in this way maybe because it's too exaggerated you think Jason Statham is I think he can be yeah okay mm, I think he's very very uh, like this is may, I, maybe I saw the transporter like the first one or maybe it was crank I saw one of his other like mm, earlier yeah. seminal films and I don't remember his, disliking him this much but like just not even just his character just like him like god I yeah. cannot stand yeah. to see him on the screen just reading lines and speaking words he's not very good in this stand. movie he right. does he's, he's, he's doing like a character tick where he says everything out the side of his mouth and it was now, like obviously directed for him to do it that mm-hmm. way so I can't fault him that much yeah. but man is it silly like it's like no human has ever looked or sounded like that and... i think the material asks too much of both of the leads right dwayne johnson and jason uh, i think that the i know you have different op- opinions yeah. about dwayne johnson i think the material understands the appeal of dwayne johnson better i just think it exaggerates it to the breaking point where yeah, like that's fair like i and maybe this is just me not i maybe i don't like the rock that much uh but like yeah uh i just find like the whole like smarmy very like like deliberate charmingness of it like he has like used car salesman energy in this movie (laughs) to me and it's like he's trying so hard to be like people like me and he like flashes his smile and yet like the rock has an amazing smile and is like a very good looking dude like I, i get that um but i just like like the the sort of like that smarminess coupled with his like really alpha male like behavior where it's like it's it's like this very this is a weird framing of this but it's like this very neoliberal approach to masculinity where it's just like if we just remove the exact signifiers of toxicity and we leave all of the other underlying 
personality traits of a toxic male, it's fine. Like, like we can preserve the frat boy mentality if we just take out the part where they hate women. Right, and plaster it over with some... And it's like, that's not actually how that works, right? Like, that's just not... Like, in in fiction, it might work that way, and we might believe that The Rock isn't, like, a raging misogynist. But, like, in real life, it's very... Like, I don't think I buy that personality without the accompanying evils of that personality and it made it creepy to me i don't know i think that uh, i guess that is one thing to this film's credit that it carried over from the other fast and furious movies and that luke hobbs is a misogynist yeah. through and through uh our first that like odd couple uh like parallel like whatever sequence at the beginning with um hobbs and Chad doing their their kind of parallel uh tasks uh the Hobbs's first interaction with a woman was at that like tattoo parlor slash mafia club or whatever he was at. He called her sweetheart and then like made reference to her breasts just yeah, like, like in one breath. Sweetheart all the time. And like, that's always how he treats women. And like, we're meant to find it charming because he's the rock, like because he's this giant and it's just like, Oh, it's kind of cute that he's like, like treating women that way. And it's like, eh, it doesn't work. It doesn't he just work beat someone me. up and said a line. Yeah. That's charming. I guess. And then no, he tortures not. the guy with the, he does, the dental. Yeah. Uh, there, the there, are two, there are two different <laughs> forms of torture in the establishing sequence of this movie. I think I said to Cody at the time, "Torture is cool." It's 2019. <laughs> it's like, what the what the fuck are we doing? Like, why? I, I don't know. It's not really fair to fault Hobbs and Shaw specifically because every single action movie features torture sequences. Don't do that anymore. Uh, torture is really bad to depict on screen. Uh, it doesn't work. It's really evil and fascist to use. Uh, my favorite word. The one Cody. time you use your famous take uh-huh. on take yeah. appropriately. Um, don't, don't torture. Don't depict torture. Hot take. Is so this... this movie should not have been made if they didn't want to torture anybody. Uh, there is a. I mean, thanks. At least, hey, there's a there's a torture sequence in Too Fast, Too Furious, which is. Do you remember that? I do. Out, extremely out of left field for that movie. There's a uh, lot of stuff in that like movie that's out of left field. Sixteen levels too dark for any Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> when did that movie but come also. Out? Oh two oh three, yeah. Uh, good question this is for the year. Post nine eleven. I'm gonna guess. Oh, it's enhanced interrogation. Oh three oh four. Uh, sorry. We don't need to two, actually. Two thousand three. One of my Fast and Furious. Two thousand three. Um, yeah, guy. Uh, tor- bad guys torturing and. Another bad guy, but a less bad guy. Man, and, uh, sorry, Too Fast, Too Furious was an hour 48. Man, better days. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he puts a metal bucket over him, and he puts a rat in the bucket, and then he heats up the bucket until the rat starts clawing on the guy to get out. Is that like, is a, to it's a real medieval torture. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, and he, yeah, like, describes it. He's like, the rat will look for any escape. It's, that's, it's, that it's, happens uh, in 1984. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When yeah. did that movie come out? They're expecting that you do not remember 1984 from high school when you watched <laughs> Too Fast, Too Furious. Also, I'm, contra- I'm contradicting myself now. Uh, if you are going to do a torture sequence, the way that you do it is by having the bad guy monologue during the torture sequence and explain the torture in explicit detail. Yeah, well, yeah, so yeah. that was a very good part of Fast, Too Fast, You could have a laser going to, it, to the just put someone in half, you know. Oh, it's a weird time. Kind of thing. Topsy-turvy. The thing you, the thing you should do... In my in my torture sequence, if I'm writing a torture sequence, ding, ding. you have a guy lop off parts, and you you talk about how how all so many forms of torture are impermanent, and that's why they're not effective. And as he's talking, he's just lopping off fingers or toes, right? And, and he's just like, <laughs> "This is something that you can never have back." And then he'll like incinerate some guys like like ring finger or something, and it's like that's the difference, right? That's the <laughs> difference for this villain is that like. 
torture is impermanent. I can I can hurt you now, but we in, need to lock in Harry five up. years, ten we years. Need to put him in prison. <laughs> this is a disturbed individual. Uh, anyway, Hobbs and Shaw is not a very good. Movie. Yeah, it's not very good. I'm ready to start wrapping up the conversation about this movie. <laughs> it, uh, it lost steam a while ago for me. Uh, I, we haven't talked about the writing a whole lot. Not that we need to. Um, yeah, what they're, they're just like distinct flavors of like dialogue where it's like cornball leftover on probably from the cutting room floor of previous fast and furious movies um that like work because they're like cornball and whatever and then like the lines that failed uh but they tried so hard to like make them good um i've got a few quick examples of each um when idris elba says genocide shmenocide <laughs> that's an example <laughs> of, a, of a great line um and then I guess kind of going back to the authenticity of like good old good old Luke Hobbs. Uh, there's a moment when he says, "What in the fresh turkey hell," which is I don't know, just like very very Luke Hobbs home was cooking. It, was it just fun to throw in the name of like waterfowl? That was in featured there. in the trailers. I want to say like that was like a featured line from fresh this movie. Turkey hell. Wow. Yeah. I tried to avoid those like eight minute long trailers. Um, yeah. Before we wrap up, we should talk about Samoa. And the Samoan yes. people oh. featured in this movie. Um, at the at the end of the movie, for very sort of thinly explained pretenses, they need somewhere to hide out where they can also repair the um, mobile virus extractor that Cody brought up. They go back to uh, Luke Hobbs' ancestral home in Samoa, where his brothers all work at a um, chop shop, Hobbs Custom, with their mom. Um, his dad, we learned Hobbs' backstory, his dad, uh, had his brothers running increasingly dangerous and illegal, uh, jobs, so Hobbs turned him in, because Hobbs is at his heart a cop, um, and in the process had to leave Samoa because he betrayed his original family. Uh, he comes back looking to them for help, they have this very, very truncated arc of forgiveness, um, where his brothers decide that they're still family and they still want to help and protect Hobbs and Shaw. This all happens maybe 35 minutes before the end of the movie, maybe 45 minutes. It's incredibly an afterthought. It's like a movie stapled onto another movie. Yeah. Um, in the process, we're none of us are American Samoan or Samoan people at all, obviously. Um, the Rock was interviewed and talked about what an honor it was for him to see his Samoan culture portrayed on screen. Um, I have no reason to believe that was disingenuous. Um, that seems, that's very sweet. That's very cool that he felt felt that way. It felt exploitative to me, but I'm a white dude. Right, but we can still talk um, about like how the whole structure, basically it's the third act of this movie yeah. happens once they get to this island. Uh, they introduce a bunch of new characters, most of whom don't have lines. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's really like, I, I don't remember who it was. It might've been one of y'all talking about how the whole series is built on like that kinetic motion and very quick. Even how like it just, movies, it yeah. use, it's like that Sonic the Hedgehog moment of like just stopping everything for the, for the purposes of like exposing <laughs> the rest of the story. Amazed at the, the Fast the and ways Furious we... is the Sonic the Hedgehog of movies. That's, that's an amazing take. We can't do that, right? Cody, Cody, Cody my mind is blown. You know what Sonic the Cody Hedgehog will bite is? The tooth He's the one with the teeth, right? Exactly a cyanide tablet. If Sonic's the one with, going the, with the teeth, with the individually like You've the been corrugated teeth. Solid three. I have, I have. Uh, and it just like it stops the whole movie, uh, yeah. because it slows it down intentionally. It's a, they, it's a Marvel climax. Like it, it yeah. reminded me a lot of Age of Ultron, where there's this you know, Ultron is coming to 
literally, there's a there's you a scene in Age of Ultron where one superhero what? says to the other one, "Okay, so we can't let Ultron touch that," and it's just like there's like a MacGuffin, and if Ultron touches and then, it, and then, then the there are waves done. of baddies that you have to fight, like fucking yeah, Nazi zombies or yeah, yeah, Gears of War, where it's like wave two. And um, then, like, it's <laughs> like that. Like there's very thin plot reasons for them being on this island for there being like a countdown timer that of course will go very close to the end uh to have a big establishing sequence where they set up traps and defenses around the island um and uh, it's Hobbs' it's a, brother quote the best mechanic yeah. i've ever met unquote which one rude Hobbs. excuse you know, dominic me Toretto, you know dominic Toretto. Yeah. what the fuck are you talking about but two he fixes the mobile virus extractor um a technology that nobody has ever seen before, that nobody Which is aware of. is used for one exact purpose in the entire world, and it's removing this right. specific and thing is, from and the And it's also cross-disciplinary, right? Like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, biological, yeah, it's, a biological. it's mechanical. <laughs> it's, a it's not a fucking thing that a mechanic, it's no matter how skilled, could... Yeah, like, it goes into her blood and it sucks out yeah, little, it's, like, pills. It's a medical device. System. And he does this. He in, repairs it in maybe six hours. Yeah, maybe. In a chop shop. Um, Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave. <laughs> what the With box, box of rocks! rocks! Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, so I... I don't know. I was just... Yeah, the whole time I was thinking that, you know, people have complained about the Fast and Furious movies moving away from, like, drift racing or street racing, uh, which is fair, but, like, even in the, the last few main series, you know, main titles, uh, the climaxes have generally been about driving and speed and energy and movement. Uh, and, and in this one, you know, there's there's some sequences of driving. There's like a uh, a chase sequence that feels a little fast and furiousy to me. Um, but for the most part, just the idea of defending this location from the bad guys, which are coming in, it it doesn't. It just feels really. Also, bad. Why wouldn't you just keep going, right? I don't know. I, I mean, ma- make the make the factory sequence in the middle of the actual climax. I guess you know, right. like. But we should also talk about how um, Vanessa Kirby's character hacks the evil corporation's guns so they don't work. It's some Metal Gear Solid Four shit. Um, Sorry, what? And uh, so the climax of this movie, one of the actual climaxes. Again, there are like three: the Samoan brothers and their friends help Hobbs and Shaw by using. Samoan ancestral weapons mm-hmm. to fight these people because um, Luke's mom has thrown away all of their guns. In a, yeah, in a ring of fire. Pretty woke. Pretty woke. Um, that they that they they create this trap. They lead in the soldiers. The soldiers' guns don't work. They do like a Samoan ancestral um, sort of like war dance. I think it sounds like I'm being insensitive. That's literally what happens on screen. It's it's not good in in my opinion. Right? Like you're still fundamentally characterizing Samoa. Mm-hmm by these, like, tropes about nativism well, and, like, that, primitivism right. in a way that, like, I guess the um, the chop shop and fixing the medical device works against, but it's still, like, did this need to happen this way? Like, like why can't the Samoan people just be Samoan people? Like, it's, why do they have to be, like, like, why do they have to be this reference to this? And just caricatures of, yeah. of, a, of an entire people, right? right? Like, I and, mean, and, like, the movie establishes it as a good thing, right? Like, that's the point of the big monologue at the end, which literally The Rock says explicitly is, like, we don't believe in technology. We believe in people. And your technology isn't going to... He doesn't say our technology won't save us. Uh, it's not a smart enough movie to say that. Um, that's, like, a, not a bad theme, right? Like, it's... Uh, I like anti-Silicon Valley movies as much as the next leftist. <laughs> but, um... It doesn't work when it, it's, like, ascribing this weird, like, condescending primitivism mm-hmm. to a, 
a group of people. Right. Um, it, yeah, it came off as gross and disingenuous. Um, and also, I don't know, uh, like kind of preaching to the choir in the sense that like, like the, the evil corporation are not just an evil corporation that's literally for profit. They're also like literally, um, eugenicists and like techno eugenicists. And it's just like, we don't, they're, they're just like zealots. Uh, we don't, they're not characterized in any way. Right. They don't have an, like the, the thing that I felt I maybe missed that maybe the movie did say, but I just don't remember is like, why? Oh, they literally don't. Do this? He says they, the weak. They, right. They to... want to eliminate the weak from the world with this virus that turns your insides into curry. And then the rest of the movie is just them doing it and just talking about and, it. And being like really, really zealous about the the purity and, and goodness of their mission ready to die and we don't know from, what their mission everybody is. from like the big bad guy the black superman all the way down to like uh nanobiologists who are still in their hazmat suits are willing to literally die for every facet of this and it's just like nowhere in the movie is it explained well i kind of uh, intentional right because at the end that uh that shadow president of the shadow government's voice um alluded that they have a, a past with Luke Hobbs, so I'm sure that that'll show up in uh, the Hobbs and Shaw sequel. Yeah, and uh, and there's never any, like, actual sort of ph- philosophical debate around, like, the ins and outs of their plan. It kind of, this is this was all just a smokescreen to get into Infinity War, so you can just sort of fade out now, I guess, but uh, it's like how Thanos thinks that the reason why resources are in trouble is because there are too many people, and nobody contradicts him, so all of the people watching that movie in uh, 2017 or whenever it came out were thinking like, huh, maybe he has a point. Maybe resource distribution doesn't work because there are just too many people on the planet. That's not why resource distribution doesn't work, uh, so... Fucking, fucking Infinity War is responsible for moving the Overton window further to the right towards genocide, (laughs) making it a fascist film, Cody, that's right. Yeah, never said it wasn't. Uh, It's a bad, it's bad, it's evil. Uh, That's a bad, evil movie. I like Infinity War. No. It's pretty good. No in-game, for sure. I was front row for that movie. And <laughs> Give your fucking superheroes ideologies Wait, you that are actually in opposition front row? with the evils that they're purporting to combat. Why would you sit front row? Because it's one like of us got one the one tickets left. and the rest and like didn't realize. Was it Hugh who got the tickets for Infinity War? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and he, he read the map funny. incorrectly, the seating map, so we were like front row, like very No, that means he... That means even best intentions, he decided to sit in the far back, like some sort the far, of fucking... Far back is almost the perfect place to it be. It is the perfect place to be. What the fuck is wrong I went, with you I went far the back The person for... behind you could lean forward and slit your throat in the movie theater. Or break your neck. Frankly, they should if you decide to sit in the far back and the far front of the movie. Well, they wouldn't Actually, be able I'm, to I'm, I'm, in the I'm fucking a, far back, would they, Aaron? I'm a pretty tall guy, so I can I can sit in the front and be fine. Pretty tall guy? Pretty tall guy. I'm average height here. Uh, well, Actually, we're all pretty I, tall guys. Uh, yeah, no, no, we're all, I think, decept- well, we're all, you, Aaron and Harry are deceptively tall. Six foot gang? Six foot gang? Six foot gang. Yeah, I'm six feet. I don't know about that. I haven't Ooh, measured myself in a long time. Nah, so you know like you're 16. not six foot gang. I'm, I'm almost certainly not six foot. Maybe five yeah, eleven. Six foot five, one. Ten yeah. gang. Tall family. Um, yeah. Hashtag tall family. Yeah. Getting off of that um, thread of afterthoughts in this movie, one other one that I wanted to throw out there real quick Um or however long it takes because it deserves something. But that act two insertion of that, like, um, women comprised, I, I didn't even know what they were. Uh, it's like a female to, spy team. Yeah, like oh, a yeah. Sp- I forgot sp- about them. Yeah, um, led by, um, uh, Isa Gonzalez. Um, really sorry if I mispronounced that. She is in, uh, Baby Driver, Alita Battle Angel, some other things. Um, she does good work as far as I can I tell. I like her, yeah. Um, she had nothing to do here. None of the, like, in that 
band of women seemed really really cool uh i don't know why you wouldn't i would just, rather like, watch a movie about them i don't know why you wouldn't just make them part of like the hubs and show family but like they decided that they weren't worth keeping around that's kind of a bummer um there's a really good line that shaw says i think when they're when they're introducing these characters where they're like so it's like a Robin Hood sort of thing. They steal from the rich, and, and he, isn't he just like, nah? They kind of steal from everybody. <laughs> also, oh yes, uh, and I, that's that rules. Like that's a really good bit. It's not an original bit, but it still works. Uh, what was up with um, Gonzalez and Jason Statham just like making out when they first meet? Why did we need to do that? I, I figure there's just because like they're nineteen thousand cut James things Bond. from this movie. You know, like <laughs> I don't know. It does feel like there are like three movies in here, right? Sure. Yeah. Because, because like there's the cyberpunk versus um, like human facing nature of the movie where it's like yeah. this this technology versus people thing there's Hobbs and Shaw learning to work together which despite the movie's best uh like shot at it doesn't really ever integrate with yeah. its philosophy on technology versus no. people I, it's in a politics yeah. it's a general there's been kind of a general trend in a, I want to say there is a good there's a podcast called Citations Needed that I, I think have listened did to good that shout out. Episode. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Great podcast. And I think I want to say they did an episode. Maybe it was just one of the 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 two people on the podcast tweeting about it, but talking about how there's a trend in blockbuster filmmaking to have the villains essentially portray some sort of extremist uh, solution to global warming, overpopulation, what have you, so that the moderates uh, can beat them down and save the day. Right? Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty bad, right? Like it's really bad. All the bad guys in movies Hello, Infinity represent. War some sort of extreme way to solve climate change um, so the movie can reference very large issues that will be larger in a few years. And, and feel like they're, they're prescient or important yeah. or uh, um, engaged. This movie very sucks. much falls into yeah. that mold. In, yeah. in 35 years, after the Earth is dead, we'll look back on these movies and be like, this this was part of the problem. This was <laughs> yeah, part of the cause. This is, this is yes. why we How weren't we good enough. Here. That's why we, yeah, we're destroyed. Right? Fuck yeah. this movie. It's a fascist film. <laughs> Sorry to steer your line, Harry, but yeah, it's but the other Fast and Furious movies are too, but they're good ones. So I don't, you know, <laughs> good like fascist that. film. Yeah, you know, thank you very much Bye. for listening to Try Love. My name is Jason. You can find us at uh, Try Love Podcast on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. Everybody else, wanna? I don't even know how to leave this. Episode. I was gonna say you said your name and then and then the then you said is, the whole thing. So we're, you, we don't exist. Gone. We've been erased right now. Uh, my name is Cody, but also I'm family. That's Cody underscore butthole at Twitter. Uh, you don't have to look for me on the internet. I'm Kyle. You can find me wherever Kyle's at is. I don't remember it. How does it sound like that? Sure he does. No, he, no, he, he doesn't. Well, how would you fucking know? He's never been on the podcast, has he? He sounds whatever, however I want him to sound. Harry, quote-unquote, clipping. <laughs> I'm Harry. You can find me at the same place. Uh, my name is Aaron, and if I want to be in contact with you, I will find you. You will not find me, so... Self-driving motorcycle. Oh, fuck!